Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Hello. Welcome back to another episode of The Juice. I'm your host, Solomon Giorgio, comedian, writer, and Victorian ghost child. Today's guest is a gorgeous and very talented hairstylist, podcaster, author, and Queer Eye cast member. You can hear him dish up his own sweet tea and get to the bottom of what's really going on in his own podcast, Getting Curious. Let's give a big juicy welcome to the one and the only Jonathan Van Ness. Hi, Jonathan. How are you? I'm I'm thriving. I'm so happy to be here, Solomon. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Honestly, I'm truly happy to have you here. One of the better parts of my year is getting to go on the road and open for you. And you have the best audience. The people that love you are the best. I really do just have like the most amazing people. But you know what? Having a podcast myself, I can just, Mm -hmm. I need to put a fucking towel over this goddamn TV in front of me. I need to create more. Do it. I I just, I want your listeners to have the best fucking experience. Do it. Uh, just need to fix these acoustics. The queen of sound design. That's impressive. Okay. I think that might be a little better. <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. Okay. But yeah, that's where I want to start off with saying thank you for having me in that experience. And it's going to be fun getting to know you here. The thing that I was bringing back to is childhood. Like, was it Quincy, Illinois? Uh-huh. I have my research here. <laughs> you really did it. But I, is that a big town or a small town? Like, what's... Guess how many people live there. I'm going to guess 3,000. It's not that <laughs> tiny, um, but there are a lot of like similar size places around mm-hmm. Quincy. So Quincy is like, I think it's like 40,000 neighborhood okay. now. Um, but it's kind of like a bigger community for like all of the surrounding areas. Quincyans like to say, uh, or at least I've heard it said, that like, you know how Illinois on like the west side of Illinois, it looks like a pregnant belly Kind of. Yeah. It's like giving you... Okay. So yeah. like we're right so, where the yeah. belly button would be. So Quincy is like so far west in Illinois that we're actually like west of St. Louis. Okay. Which is like weird, you know, because Illinois is like east of Missouri. But we're in like, <laughs> we're in the very, very, very... Yeah. If you're a geography buff, you'll understand. But we're just like the very farthest western part of Illinois, my hometown. So it's like, And then right at the border. Yeah, like right on the Mississippi River. We're like right mm-hmm. across from Hannibal, Missouri, which was like... Mark Twain, Huckleberry mm-hmm. Finn. Oh, wow. Like that whole thing. That's okay. So just Americana. Yes, and it's the heartland <laughs> is what they call it. I've I've never been, but I like I grew up in St. Louis for a brief moment in my life. So I know of the Midwest and its culture. Like that's our first place we moved after we came to the country. And it was right when Hands Across America was happening as well. So those are my first early memories is living in St. Louis during a during a blizzard and then us having to hold hands with strangers. <laughs> I don't even know what Hands Across America is, but I can't believe, I'm sorry that that was your first experience. 
But there's parts of St. Louis that are great. Like butter cake is like a really big deal in St. Louis. What is butter cake? Or they're like gooey butter bars. It's just like this like buttery ass fucking delicious cake that can be like a million different flavors. There's a lot of like tomato jam in St. Louis. Like it's just like people have tomato jam at the restaurants, which I was like, no, I don't really (laughs) like that. But like, it's like super delish. Okay. And then also obviously like as there is in a lot of places, like really good white cheese dip at all the Tex-Mex places. Oh my God. Oh, wow. Uh, So there's like a good culinary scene up in that St. Louis. I do remember fried cheese curds at one point in my Ooh. life. Um, not sure if that's St. Louis, probably just the Midwest in general. I believe like I've definitely, whenever I go to Minnesota, that's like my main yes. goal is a fried cheese curd situation. Fuck yes. Um, okay, but wait, I like to do this thing when I go on other people's podcasts and then I turn the tables and then I t- ask them stuff. <laughs> um, so like right before we started this, you guys, um, yes. Solomon was like, oh my God, like, well, he didn't say that, but he's like, this is my house. And then I was like, oh yes. my gosh, you have all these like amazing wigs. Does like yes. everyone know about your wigs? I, I there is always a mention of the wigs on the podcast because it is uh, it's kind of it, it comes up and I feel very bad. I should probably show people the, the I, wigs. It needs to make its debut <laughs> on your social for sure. But I just, I, I, uh, you said something that's troubling me. To be to be candid, <laughs> did you did I hear you correctly when you said that these are the ones that you have not gotten to wear a lot yet? Yeah, the the ones that I have up here are usually the ones that I that are styled and need to be worn. Yeah, uh, so I just have to I just have to put looks together. That's really what it is. It's because it's why look. why can't you just why can't you just slip it on right now and like give me hairy <laughs> face, big perfect hair? I'm into it. Like I do that look a lot, and I just feel like these looks are looking. Your reverse ombre back there, your Elvira bitch, that peach fucking moment, bitch. That fucking like little Dorothy Hamill shag up there, that little 1960s. You got so much variety going on. I want to come play at your house. And you styled all those? No, no, those those are styled by other people. Okay, I'm gonna say so. Like these stylings are like amazing. I wish. I didn't know you were a hairdresser. No, no, I'm learning. I'm learning as we speak. That there's one right there that's currently I'm putting in curlers solely. That's gonna be a rogue wig. Uh, so. I'm slowly learning. I'm, I there's am a lot here for, me to learn. for your honoring <laughs> queer culture, for you developing like your art. I so I'm obsessed. I am obsessed. Look, it was always a goal of mine to always because it's like that. It's you know that it was a thing that we the hangups from our from my dad specifically is anything that was effeminate that I and I'm learning to like kind of like. Uh, regain the skills that I wanted to have when I was younger, which was hair and makeup and drag. So I'm like, I'm doing it now as I turn 40. (laughs) It's so healing. That's like what I do with like- It is. That's part of like why I do my gymnastics and like figure skating. Like it's like, it's so good for your inner child because it's like, I mean, it was like either do that or meth. And I was like, I want to do stuff that makes me feel really good. You know? It is. Healthy. (laughs) It's so soothing. It's so meditative. And it's like, I think especially with like hair, because it's so- it's very, it's like baking. It's like, it's, you have to follow a set of rules. You have to, like, you can't like do, like, you can't take any shortcuts. You have to be very focused and wait and well, be patient. Well, eventually, like, you kind of can, but it is true. The thing I think is so interesting about hair is that it's like, yeah, it is so formulaic, but I always found that, like, I could be really creative because you have to be creative. Yeah. But like when I knew what my setup was with hair, like if I knew where my, st- like, especially with like color, like doing yeah. it at someone's house or like a different salon or like, and that was something with like queer, I had to get more used to is like creating in like different spaces and getting used to doing that more on the fly. But I do find that like stability mm-hmm. and like process have this interesting intersection with like creativity 
Because like for me, at least as an artist with hair, like I really needed yeah. that stability to make like my best work for like the longest t- like part of my career. And I think in some ways I still am like that. Yeah. So I just think that's like interesting. So it is methodical, but it's also creative and they have like these like yeah. interesting like synergy together when you're doing hair, which is, is so fun. It's and I just yeah, you just kind of lose yourself into it because it's just sort of it's just a very calming. I'm very like I'm very happy to have it now and that I'm happy that I'm in a position where I can have these things. Um, but actually, since that's a good question that I have for you is like when you came you came to LA, was it hair your intention to do first, and then because comedy eventually came while you were there as well. It did, but yeah, I've always loved doing hair, and that was like my first love, and that was um, I started doing hair. I went to hair school in the end of two thousand and five, graduated mm-hmm. in two thousand and six did hair full time. I moved to LA in 2009 and only with the intention of like wanting to be a successful, like, you know, independent hairdresser, like who never needed to ask like their parents for money ever again. Mm -hmm. That was like all I really wanted to (laughs) do. It certainly wasn't to like become famous. Um, It was like to not be cold, have more resources. And I think um, I'd been in Arizona for my first like three years out of hair school. Where in Arizona? In Phoenix. Ooh, yeah. Phoenix is actually much nicer than people think it, it is. is. <laughs> and it's kind of like it's a big very... city. And yes. I had gone to college in Tucson for just one year before college. Or excuse Tucson me. Tucson I actually do love because it's like a so hipster like island out of mountains, nowhere. <laughs> like gorgeous mountains. Yeah. But I didn't mean to say that I went to college before college, but no, I went to um I went to <laughs> University of Arizona before hair school. And then I went to yeah. hair school in Minneapolis. And then I'm, you know, I was like 18 after hair school, and I was like, I felt like if I moved to LA, I would like get addicted to drugs and die, which yeah. one of those things did end up happening, even though I moved to LA, like, you know, much later than then. Yeah. But I just was like, I'm not ready. So I moved to Phoenix for like three years. And then after three years, I was like, take, take this girl to the big city. I want to go learn how to do better hair. And it was really hair that actually took me to LA. Cause yeah. I felt like I wasn't like growing and learning how to do the kind of hair that I wanted to learn how to do. And I knew that I needed to like go become an assistant at like a, and have like a double wears Prada, like, but hair salon <laughs> experience, which I did. And so I moved back to LA or I moved to LA for the first time in 2009, lived there till 2012, moved home for a couple months, mm-hmm. like back to St. Louis area, Quincy. Yeah. And then came back to LA and I was like doing one of my old clients hair, um, Aaron Gibson, who like hosts yeah. groceries with Brian uh, Safi. And um, it was through doing her hair and, and talking about Game of Thrones that like she created Game of Thrones and was like, you need to recap that show. Yeah. Like you need to do exactly what you just did, but come do it on camera in April. Cause that yeah. was like December of 2013. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, like I'll do that. And I kind of thought it was like on a phone or something. And then like Game of Thrones, like kind of, that was like my first, first taste of that. being like, oh my God, I yeah. can like perform and I can write comedy and I can like be on camera and I can be funny. And I guess I never yeah. really knew. And then the rest is what I'm going through now. <laughs> <laughs> Currently happening as we speak. Um you have some really great salon stories. I like. What are your favorite stories to tell? To like, to like, bring up, like, to to remind people what like an LA salon life is like. Oh, well, <laughs> it is hard. I mean, I think I think salon life, no matter where you are, is complicated and difficult yeah. because you know you're your own. In a lot of cases, you're your own manager or your own boss, or you're working in like a culture yeah. where you are working for someone else, and it can just be like just such a hardcore grind. Like, cause doing hair yeah. is very like physical and it's very mental. 
but I also love it. Like I love doing hair. And if I went back to doing hair full time and was like in a salon, like for the rest of my life, like I would have been happy. Cause like, I just love doing it. Yeah. Um, but I think in LA, it was just like a lot of work. I just remember like, and then, <laughs> and then social media like changed everything in a huge way. Because I think actually before social media, I had a harder time because I was like an assistant, first of all, but it was like yeah. word of mouth, which takes longer. And then when I came back in 2012, I had this like little bit of clients that I came back to, but then like you had Yelp and you had like Instagram yeah. and then you could like get your work around faster. And then actually like it, it, that really did change it. Cause it used to be that you had to like go live at the salon, like go there at nine in the morning yeah. and like not leave until seven, even if you didn't have a client, like you just needed to be available like for a walk-in. Cause you have to pay for your chair, right? If you're a rental, then yeah. Then you, it's like, it's like, you know, X amount a week and you got to do that or you can be commissioned which like I've done both, which is like where they just take a cut off of like everybody that you do. Mm-hmm. They they both have like their own advantages. Do you have to like kind of duel it out with other people? Has there ever been like a case where you had a rivalry <laughs> with another? No, but I did have this. Well, actually, no, yeah, there is. There's definitely a lot of that. <laughs> but there was this one woman. It's okay. So like after I, like at, at a point when I got busy enough, I was like, I don't want to work for other people. Like I just yeah. like wanted to rent my own station and like have my own hours and like not have to like deal with some fucking insane owner. Um, which yeah. happened like all the time. So I ended up opening my own little studio space with a really close friend of mine. And in that place, you were like, you're only supposed to do keratin treatments on certain days, right? Okay. But my business partner was like, I love her so much, but she like was just really brand new about a keratin. She was just like, I can't be around it. Like, oh my God, like my eyes, my nose, my clients, we all hate it. Like, uh, don't do it when I'm not, don't, you can only do it when I'm not in the room. It's like putting fish in the microwave. Yeah. Um, except for like, it's, you know, OSHA, you know, everyone's got, yeah. you know, <laughs> OSHA schmosha. Like I needed to smooth out that fucking hair. And you know what I'm saying? So anyways, I couldn't do it when my was at the salon and uh-huh. she worked on Mondays and I wasn't coming to work on Sunday because okay. you only could do them on Sundays and Mondays. Yeah. So sometimes there was, and I got this extractor thing that you could, it was like this big box and you could like put it over yeah. like behind your chair. It was like a big hood and it would like suck all the fumes. Oh, okay. So um, I got one of those and I did, I wouldn't do it when was there. And if I hadn't one who had like really thick hair that you had to use like a ton of product, I would just like do it at their house because it created like a lot of steam and, and like, and that's annoying. But like, there was like some clients were like, they only needed like, you know, their hairline keratin or like, you know, three sections somewhere. Like it's not like a whole, okay. it's like not like, there's not smog everywhere. It's like not a big deal. So I would do that every once in a while, not on a Sunday or Monday. And this fucking woman will call her Gwen. <laughs> but it's not what her name was. Okay. Um, but she would fucking come in and like slam open uh-huh. my door and be like, you're not supposed And just like, like just have like these meltdowns. <laughs> And then I, I, I just was like, I would just, whenever someone goes really intense, I'd be like that. I get like yeah. very deadly calm, especially mm-hmm. if like a client's there. Cause like there was always clients. There. Oh yeah. And I would just be like, I need you to leave this room. And if you have a complaint, you can email the manager, but I need you to get out of the room now. <laughs> Gotta get out of the room. Um, so she was really intense, but I had a lot of like, I, Want to hear my favorite story of when my business partner fired this one, like her biggest nightmare client? Of course, Jonathan, I want to hear this story. Okay, so this one was like a fucking bitch. Like she was like a nightmare from hell and everyone hated her. Like a perfect example of her would be like, because like I'd be doing my client and then would Uh be doing her client. And like if they were talking about something or if we were talking about something, like if the clients liked each other, they would just like want to have a little chat. You know, like it's like, it's like communal. 
So, yeah. but this woman was a type of possessive, crazy person that like, if her, like if my client said something to them about their conversation, she'd be like, um, this is my time with I don't want to speak. Like, please don't speak to us. Okay. Like, it just be like a really like weird situation in the room. Now, wow. people have all sorts of different types of hair and that's fine. And I think your job as a hairdresser is to like, try to take what someone's wants are with like what they have and yeah. like create like the best situation. This woman had like 18 hairs on her whole head, like 18 hairs, like super, super intense, like alopecia, like, okay. and there's this other thing that you can get from like, people have had it from like COVID is like called like COVID hair or like, oh, okay. or if you get a fever, like it's not alopecia, your hair just gets like extremely fine. So yeah. she had that plus alopecia. So she had like some extremely brittle, very fine individually plus not that much of it like okay. literally like i mean i like i mean just no hair no hair yeah and the hair that she did have she wanted extensions on everything okay um and yeah. but she had such small amounts of hair and like you know like visible you know all this scalp on top that you could just see these like little beads like floating same. around in her oh. hair that was like connected to the hair you know and there was no real hair to attach it to, but it was like a full extension wig. Cause, and that only got her hair like down to like her shoulders, you know, but it was just that. And she would okay. just put like all those topics on it. And no matter what, you know, my business partner would do, whose name I said earlier yeah. that we need to beep out. Um, okay. But like, no matter what she would do, like this, this woman wanted that. Her, her idea of her gender expression was very wrapped up in her hair. Yeah. Her sexual orientation, you know, she felt like yeah. so much of her identity was wrapped up in her hair, but a lot of it was like a little, yeah. you know, misogynistic and like internalized misogyny, like a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff. But uh, she, you know, had to have this extension wig. And when I say extension wig, I mean like when every hair on your head has an extension on it. So it's almost like, that's you know, there's yeah, nothing yeah. to hide it. Like it's just all, everything all the way up. And they're like those little individual ones. So yeah. my business partner had a cough and this is a pre-COVID. This is like 2017. So like okay. long before COVID. But I think her name was like Brenda which I yeah. think is kind of a fun fake name as well. So let's just say Brenda. Um, <laughs> Brenda. <laughs> Brenda, Brianna, whatever. So my business partner had a cough. So she was coughing and she was in the middle of foiling because this woman like highlighted the seven hairs that she had, got a yeah. base color. And so she had like every service done on like- just, She's just destroying her no, like, I mean, remaining hair. No, I mean, care of your hair doing a base oh, color okay. and full head of highlights. It's not that bad, but she just wanted the whole kit okay. and caboodle every time she was there. And so, you know, okay. we were always having to be like, well, let's just do a little bit here or there. Like, you're know, always having to like talk her- a little bit off of what she wanted, but she was adamant about wanting certain things. So my business partner starts coughing and this client's like, ew, like, oh, my business partner doesn't cough on her. She like literally went outside in the hallway to like go hack up a lung. Cause you know, like when you have that cough, like when you're like, you know, you gotta like hack it up. So she, oh, yeah. and so, but everyone heard her, which was fine. Cause like, who doesn't do that? So, but then when she comes back, Brenda was like, are you sick like ew like you're sick like why are you doing like it's like oh you're sick and she'd been being like a total bitch that whole day yeah and so my business partner just looked at her and was like get the fuck out of my salon and everyone in the <laughs> salon just like stopped and like looked at her and brenda was like what do you mean and she was like you have two choices you can get up right now and you can get the fuck out of my salon or you can sit down and you can shut the fuck up and I will wash your foils out and then you can get the fuck out of my salon and I don't ever want to see you again I don't ever want and like you're not paying for today wow like I don't ever and she used to see her like every three weeks but she was like I don't ever want to see you again and she was like are you so and she's like you know please and she was like no I said you can either get the fuck out right now 
or you can sit down and shut up and then you can get the fuck out of the salon. <laughs> and so she sat down and shut up and uh, then she got the fuck out of the salon and we never saw her again. And it was great. Then I have another good firing story that I can tell you too. Oh, yes. Which I almost put in my book, but then I decided not to. So this woman, <laughs> I did her hair for years and I met her at the Pilates mm-hmm. studio. And she okay. was the type of client where like, she always would be like, everyone messes up my hair. No one knows how to do my hair. And also like, we're hair twins. Like she literally like has my hair. Like, okay. And she's also like me. She's literally like a lady me. She's a full lady. <laughs> and so like, I mean, like in height, proportion, like she was like me. She literally was like, was like mm-hmm. looking in a mirror. She um, was always a nightmare and she used to be like really kind of like hard to deal with, like hard to work with, always like kind of complainy, but sometimes okay. And she would ask like really nice questions and I really cared about her and her family because I knew her for mm-hmm. so long. She was like one of my first clients and I moved to LA and I did her hair all the way until I stopped doing hair from Queer Eye. Oh. So like I did her hair from like 2010 to like 2018. But she was always problematic. Oh she would always be like really mean to my assistants when I wouldn't be in the room. And then oh. like when I would come in, she'd be like nice. But then at some point, like after you were like, okay, we're taking off this much. Okay, we're taking this much. And she's like, oh, it's just like, I don't know why I did a weird accent for a second. <laughs> but she was just like, oh, it's really short. Like it's way shorter. She would just like always have these like freakouts. Yeah. So this the last time I did her hair, she came in and she had just had her hair colored. And like that day. And she was like, I just washed my hair. I don't need it washed. Like, I just want it because I would always blow her hair straight and cut it dry. Yeah. So I was like, okay, that's fine. But then I went over and I felt it and I was like, no, there's like conditioner and like there's schmutz in your hair. So like, like, just like let her rinse it. And so then I went to go back to do my other client's hair. And then I like looked over in the back corner and there was just this commotion. And she was like, I don't want to rinse. I don't want to rinse. So then I was like, fine, we won't rinse it. And she was like, and I want you to start right now. And I was like, well... No, because I'm still finishing my other clients. Like my assistant can like start to blow out the back of your hair and then I'll blow out the front and then we'll cut it dry at the end. Like we always do. And so she was like, okay. And so then as we, as she starts to blow dry her hair and I'm blow drying the front, she's like, my hair feels like really dirty. Like it feels really dirty. Like it feels like there's something in my hair. And I was like, yeah, that's the conditioner that was still in your hair when you got here from the last salon because they probably left conditioner in your hair. And I fucking asked you to rinse it out and you adamantly denied or like adamantly refused for like, so I was like, this is your choices. Cause it's also a Saturday. It was like a really busy day. So I was like, these are your choices. I can either finish blowing it out straight with this conditioner in here and it's going to be a little greasy and we can do your dry cut and then I can wash your hair and rinse it out. And then I can like blow it out with like a big voluminous style. If you want like a blowout or you can, we can just blow it out straight with this conditioner and I can cut it and then you can leave and like, you know, or we can wash it and you can let it air dry like, yeah. you know, right this instant, like, I need to finish because I have this amount of time yeah. to, like, do your hair. And she was like, you fucking asshole. I always knew you would do this. I always knew you would turn what? on me. She was like, I always what? knew you would turn on me because I started I started filming Queer Eye, but it hadn't come uh, out. It's like it wasn't out yet. Um, And I was, like, coming back on weekends to do my clients because, uh-huh. like, I didn't know if Queer Eye was going to flop or not. So I was, like, coming yeah. back, like, literally every single, like, Sunday or Saturday, Sunday that we weren't filming to do all my clients. So I would, like squeeze everyone into like two days. And so she was like, you fucking asshole. I always do you a turn on me. And I was like, (laughs) lady, I was like, I so explained. And I was like early, like I was like, I explained earlier. And I was like, typically I would have time for this. And I'm sure like, like, but I just, I just feel like I want to make my clients happy. I can never make you happy. It's always like just such a slog to make you happy. And I'm just done. Like, I'm just done. So like, I'm not going to cut your hair today. We're going to be done now. Like, so I was just like, her hair was like half blown dry. 
with like conditioner <laughs> in it. And I was like, we're going to be done now. I was like, I don't want your money. Like we're just done. And she was like, are you fucking serious? And I was like, yes, I'm serious. Yeah. And you just got to go. And she was like, you fucking asshole. And she was just like pointing in my face. Oh my God. And she, she's like, I always knew you would do this. And I was like, okay, I got to go. And so, and then the only other person who I also fired right around that same time, because I went on a firing spree being, so I was like, I don't need any of these fucking yeah. bitches anymore. Um, <laughs> I, uh, but, but I was like so yeah. busy, like I didn't need to do clients who didn't treat me right. And who were yeah. like, I had a cancellation policy on my debt or on my station for like 10,000 years. You cancel without 24 hours notice, you're paying. This client yeah. literally would cancel within 24 hours notice all the time. I never charged her because I've been doing her hair for 10,000 years since I was an assistant in LA, even longer than the other lady since 2009. This was like 18. And then she canceled with no notice. And I was like, you're paying for today, 100% of your appointment if you want to make another appointment. Yeah. And she was like, are you serious? If you make me pay for that, I'm never coming back. And I was like, great. Come drop off your check. Yeah. Bye, bitch. <laughs> and then yeah, we never... That's... Yeah. <laughs> That's all. Oh, those stories weren't that exciting. Uh, those are, first of all, and they make me sound like a dumb cunt, but it's really hard when your hairdresser, like, it's just these people you are fucking understand. nightmares. And they don't understand that, like, if you don't have an ass in your chair, you're not getting paid. Like, you got to, like, and you got, like, assistance and there's overhead. Like, there's just, like, a lot. I've worked in customer service for a long, long time. And it is, in my heart, will never be the case that the customer's always right. <laughs> it's just not that case, you know? But I also like, it's not do case. love hairdressing and it saved my life. And like, I just think it's the yes. most amazing craft. And I just think hairdressers are amazing. Yeah. And I should also say that like 98.9% of my clients in my career were like stunning and like super amazing. Yeah. Who's still on your list of people you still style and cut hair for? My mom, my mm-hmm. husband, the people on Queer Eye... The uh-huh. models that I work with for JVN Hair, the models Perfect. who I style for like my YouTube, because I still like style hair on my YouTube. Yeah. Um, I'll do like my friends' kids, like hair sometimes, or like just like my old friends or like friends. Um, mm-hmm. And like we do like pop up salons and stuff, but I don't, I, I really just don't, I'm just like not in the salon like that. Of course, you shouldn't be. Yeah, that's Which a lot is, of work. <laughs> but I miss it. And that is part of like why I just like JVN Hair is so fun because I get to like do so much yeah. more hair. I need to try out some of the products. I just need to learn how to use them because I, I don't I don't do much with my own. <laughs> Pre wash scalp oil would be gorgeous for you. Instant recovery well, like serum. Wigs. I have some human hair wigs that uh you can use the nourishing that, shine drops on there. Okay. They'd love it. The blowout oh, milk yeah. to set your wigs. Okay. Come on now. All right. I'm I'm why there's no need for me to hold back. I know it's a Sephora. I've seen I've seen the little station. Yes. <laughs> or I'll just like, send you something. Oh well, you know that's that's nice, but I want, to, I want to tell people where it's at. <laughs> okay, Jonathan, it's time to read a couple of the juicy submissions we get from our listeners. It's it mailbag, mailbag time. <laughs> There's three ratings. Uh, so it's either dry, moist, or fully juiced. So dry being boring, moist being slightly tantalizing, and fully juiced, it is just uh, perfect a uh, piece of gossip that's just salacious in every possible way. My dogs are barking their fucking guts out. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I can't hear them and I think we'll be fine. Okay, we'll be fine. Unless unless you need to take care of no, something. But yeah, we'll be totally fine. So here's the first uh, piece of gossip. <clears throat> in my first job at a college, I worked with a guy who was nice enough, but awkward. He grew up very Catholic and sheltered. He, like, he didn't watch TV, so he didn't have the same pop culture references as everyone else and was always... Weirdly very pro-Catholic, which is weird at work. 
One time, he asked me what I did over the weekend, and I said escorting at Planned Parenthood, and he thought I meant I was a call girl. <laughs> he really thought I just admitted that I, my day job <laughs> at my day job that I was a hooker. Anyway, he met this girl who was from Poland and in the U.S. as an au pair. He pursued her nonstop. She wasn't interested in him, but he wouldn't leave her alone. And eventually he wore her down and she went out with him a few times. But from everything he told me about their dates, her body language made it clear she did not want to be with him. Crossed arms, turned away from kisses, etc. He was completely sprung though, and he didn't see that she didn't want to be with him. To the point where he was even going to write a comic about the relationship called Ah Pair. Uh... When it got to be the time for her to leave the U.S. and go back to Poland, he wrote to her all the time and sent her stuff. He then decided to surprise her by going to visit her in Poland and went all the way there without telling her. He knocks on her door and her boyfriend answers. He turned around and came home and all of us at work were not surprised it ended this way. (laughs) Sad. Wow. (laughs) Well, I'm happy that it didn't end worse. No, it didn't. But also... To fly all the way somewhere. You know, that's. I started listening to that podcast, Morbid, like 10 months ago. And it's kind of ruined my life in many ways (laughs) because, like, now every time tells me a story, I'm like, oh, someone got murdered. Murdered. And then if that doesn't happen, I'm like, oh, it's kind of lame. No, what do you think? I would say a moist. This is, it's like it's leading up to something. I enjoyed it. I like I do I do like uh, anybody any man who an entitled man getting disappointed at the end. Uh, what was the is, lowest uh, rung again? A uh, dry. Mine had like dry edges with a yes. slightly moist center. See there, it's building up to something. Yes. Uh, <laughs> all right. So this is the uh, the second uh, submission that I have. Um, when I was in high school, I had a terrible boyfriend. Let's call him Brian. Brian sucked for a lot of reasons. His dad and his stepdad were both cops. But when we were about 16 years old, he fell asleep at the wheel while we were driving and got into a crash where I broke my foot. Flash forward a couple years after we broke up and my little brother looks up from the dinner table and asked me and asked my mom, what's Roadhead? I heard Brian say that's why he crashed the car with Taylor. I almost flipped the table (laughs) and had to frantically explain to my family that this dude was lying. It turns out he's been telling that for life for years. Anyway, now Brian is a pastor at a Southern Baptist church. (laughs) That is holy noise for me. That was really fun. I loved it. That's yeah, it's fully juiced. That yeah, is oh yeah, fully juiced. Yeah, I love that was like I thought that was just like so fun. I loved all of it. Like, first of all, the little brother going, what's wrote it? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Whoever shared that story, that's a phenomenal story. And you <laughs> Oh gosh, I never. Uh, I've, I and talking about sex in front of parents is never. That's always a terrifying, terrifying, terrifying situation to be in. Yeah. And that's the mailbag. Thank you so much for sending in your mail. All right, Jonathan, let's take a quick break, and we'll be back with the juice line. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? 
but working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Welcome back to The Juice. I'm here with the legendary Jonathan Van Ness. All right, Jonathan, now's the time in our show when we go to the phone. We call it The Juice Line. And I'm hearing from our board operator that today's caller is Alice. Let's patch her in. Please hold. Hi, Alice. How are you? Hi. Hi, Alice. I'm here with the wonderful Jonathan Van Ness, and clearly you have some amazing gossip, and we we want to hear all of it. I do have some amazing gossip. Thank you. I would love to share <laughs> it with you. Um, this was about, I want to say, like five or six years ago in like the L.A. area. Um, mm-hmm. I had been working a lot of like temp jobs and was looking for something full-time. I wanted steady, and I was um, looking for office admin assistant kind of gigs. And so I found one and I interview with them and it's a like wholesaler, big business doing a lot of stuff across the country. And Mm -hmm. it seems a little overwhelming for me. It's a little hectic, but I'm like, I really, you know, I I need this full-time thing. I'm I'm willing to make it work. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, sure. Let's go for it. And it's kind of one of these companies that's like, started as a small family business Mm. and expanded. And the stuff that they expanded was the practical stuff, you know, warehouses, product, and not so much like the office computers or filing systems. And so my job was dealing with all of that with my Windows XP and, (laughs) you know, a very old (laughs) filing system. The Microsoft Office Suite. I'm, I'm familiar. <laughs> and <laughs> I've worked in an office. So it's it's a crazy time of year. It's really busy. And I'm just kind of trying to get the hang of things. And um, during the interview process, they had told me that they were having a, a you know trouble filling this role because the person who was there before had been there for a really long time and left under mm-hmm. unfortunate circumstances. And that's all they said. And I was like, okay. okay. That could be anything. It could be that they left without a lot of notice and it was personal or they got sick. Or they died. (laughs) (laughs) It's a very very ominous term to use, unfortunate circumstances. And I'm in the interview at that point. So I'm like, I'm not going to ask questions about the details of this. It's fine. Uh Yeah, great. I'm I'm happy to fill (laughs) this role. (laughs) Yes. So like a few weeks into the job and part of it is, you know, checking the voicemails and checking emails and stuff. And I'm getting a lot of stuff that's addressed to this person. And I'm thinking they just haven't updated their records. You know, they don't know that she doesn't work here anymore. And I get this voicemail that's like from a credit card company or something. And I'm thinking, oh, you know, some people have their mail sent to the office or put their, you know, work line as that to have it all separate. And Mm-hmm. That's probably what it is. Irrelevant, deleted. <laughs> so it comes up like I tell my boss about it and he gets really serious all of a sudden and is like, did you save it? And I'm like, no, like, why would I save it? it? She doesn't work here anymore. It's not, it wasn't something for me. Yeah. It was like a personal call or something. And he's like, oh, um, 
no one told you? And I'm like, okay, now I'm getting the juice from him. And I'm like, told me what? <laughs> you know, I, what do you mean? And he's like, okay, um, I want you to hear this from me before you hear this from anybody else. And comes over to my desk and is like, um, the woman who was here before actually left because she was arrested. Yeah. She embezzled a million dollars from us. A million dollars? And he says there's an active case going on. <laughs> the detectives and people have told us we have to save everything comes in about her and finances or anything. So if you get any more emails or voicemails or stuff that mentions her, save it because we need to give that all to lawyers and stuff. And I'm just like, okay. Now you're detective. <laughs> That's crazy. And, <laughs> yeah. and now I'm just thinking, what happened? How? Yeah. And the craziest thing is I'm the only one who doesn't know because everybody else has been working there for years. They were there when it happened. The police came and arrested her at the office. So it was like a whole thing people saw. And like, yeah. Do you I'm still the only work one, there? Like, with my ear up against the wall, like, what? wow. <laughs> no, no, I left. Yeah. But I'm trying to get these little tidbits of what happened. Yeah. And I, I never have the guts to say, so how exactly did you exactly. do this? Uh, <laughs> tell me what happened. <laughs> <laughs> tell me all the details. Yeah. I have to know. Um, but I get the sense that it was just because things were so hectic that she managed a lot of the finances and was able to like open some cards up and over time, like, you know, I, I think she had been there like a decade That's plus. That's still a million dollars in loss. That is like a, 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 most businesses can see a million dollars missing. It was like, I, I don't know how she pulled it off, but there was a whole court case that they were involved in. And it was like she had oh my debts God. and there was property involved. And just like, I think what they had to do was basically try to get all this money back from her oh, with stuff okay. that she had bought when she had the money. So it was like taking a taking taking some property back or, you know, getting debt something. I don't know. It was it was so wild. And I just had to get little snippets that I could every now and then. And people would like come in and talk about it. And yeah. they didn't close the door or anything, having meetings talking about this. And so I'm just kind of like <laughs> trying to do my emails and stuff, but I'm like, what is, what is happening here? How did this happen? And uh, yeah, it was just this Honestly. bombshell thing that <laughs> Totally changed my <laughs> my perception. I went, and I mean, I, I worked there for a couple of years, and I, at first I was like, "That's so crazy! How could she do that?" But then by the time <laughs> I was there a couple years, I was like, "I get it, girl." You know, I had to. <laughs> if I were here if for I like knew ten a way to years, do it myself, I would probably I would... <laughs> start figuring out something to do. Wow, <laughs> that's oh my gosh, that's I'm impressed. A million uh, pulling off a million dollars is still that's like that's a that's a hard pull, like if. That's that's things like she could if she got out like yeah. a, a year earlier, she would have been set. I know, I'm right? <laughs> she should have I've... cut while she was ahead. <laughs> mm -hmm. I know. <laughs> I don't know. Like I think she mm -hmm. was. She did a couple big purchases or something, and then was. But as far as I can tell, she's like 
you know, lay low. I hope she's working at another company and bezeling from them. I'm hoping I'm hoping she found she found the flaws in her plan and is implementing it. Right? She's like, I will make those mistakes again. Just let it ride. I'll get the money this time. Oh my god, that is oh, that's a fantastic story. That is wild. That was amazing. Thank you for sharing that. That's so wonderful. <laughs> Thank Thanks, you, Ali. Yeah. yeah, of course. <laughs> I love to share it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Thank you. I loved it. I love anyone getting, like, hopefully she's, yeah, hopefully she, the lady's fine. But that's, like, that's impressive. I, like, I, that's, I'm, I'm afraid to steal. Uh, because yeah, it's, it's it's really scary. To, for me, I feel like the highlight of today's podcast, though, the one's really going to take the cake was Roadhead. Like it was better oh, than yes. all the fiery <laughs> stories. It was like no, that really like that was honestly. It's it's usually yeah. There's family stories are always like they they always come up, and I, I like there's a few that that throw me for a loop, and it's the ones are cheating stories. Those are fun too when people get caught cheating. That's also. Oh. It's especially because it's like especially straight culture because they are they that's such a sin to them so it's always fun to read them. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I'm trying to think. I was like, what am I like? What are like? Do I know really 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 good cheating ones? That, I mean, like that sprung to my head. It's all good because it's unfortunately we've reached the end of the podcast. So <laughs> never. But it's never. <laughs> it's well. I'll see you in honestly two days. Okay, so. <laughs> I can't wait. We're gonna have so much fun. I can't believe uh, we're playing the Castro bitch. I'm so excited. That is that like the whole. I'm very. Exper- I, I probably there's a part of me that wants to bring one of the drag looks for the the second night. See if I can. Packing. I'll pack my titties up. <laughs> That'd be really beautiful. Yes. But you know, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks it for was, having me on. It's so happy to have you here. And yeah, well, you just have a wonderful day, and I'll see you soon. Love you, pieces. Bye, honey. <laughs> Thank you so, so much to the wonderfully talented Jonathan Van Ness for joining me on today's episode. Be sure to check out his podcast, Getting Curious from Earwolf. If you want to tell your story on The Juice, send them in by visiting teamcoco.com slash heyjuice. Please remember to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Give us all those beautiful stars. And as always, have a juicy day. This has been a Team Coco production. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com.